another edition here of We Talk Fantasy. Guys, Chet, Ray Ray, all here with you. And Eli Manning's joining us here on the Manning cast. How wonderful would that be one day if we can get Eli and Peyton and everybody else to join us for a We Talk Fantasy episode? Who knows? Maybe in the future. You know, here's the thing, though. You guys see Eli's face, Eli's mood. I feel like we need to do this for every podcast going forward. We have to open with the mood. Because fantasy football, all of us are married on this podcast. Our wives can tell us it puts you in a mood. Three weeks into this season, you know, Chad, I'm going to lead with you because you're the most newly married. How do you feel mood-wise about your fantasy football season so far? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Uh, once again, suffering the injury bug, but that's just the reality that I live in after losing J.K. Dobbins, A.J. Brown, Deontay Johnson. This is on one team, mind you. Um, but overall, I've had, I've had fun. I've had a lot of fun. Um, I'm still getting used to, after having worked so many weekends in my broadcast career, it's a little bit of a bummer that now that I'm the sports director and I have Saturdays and Sundays off, my Sundays are exactly the same as if I was working, but I'm not getting paid anymore. Does that make sense? No. What do, what do you I'm mean? Anchor on Sundays, I'm at work watching football all day, but I'm getting paid to do that. Now it's my weekend and I'm actually off and I'm doing the exact same thing. Although now I can enjoy adult beverages as I do it. But it's just like my whole day goes to the NFL. And I'm like, man, did I even get a weekend? Like I feel like I'm like still kind of, you know, working and taking notes and watching fantasy football and all that good stuff. Love it, man. Ray Ray, how about you, my friend? How is the mood after three weeks of the fantasy football season for you? Shockingly, I feel okay. I'm still in love with my dynasty team, uh, my Coliseum team, the the one league that I'm majorly invested in um, is actually making a slight comeback, um, especially with some recent injuries. Uh, like Cortland Sutton is a massive uh, have with all the injuries there. Just waiting on Michael Thomas to come back, and I'm liking what I have on that team. Uh, the one uh, league that I decided to join after it being auto-drafted and fixing, I got my first win. And, and I was the highest-scoring team with an auto-drafted team. So um, just got to make Maybe, maybe having Sam Darnold wasn't so bad after all. No, the Sam Darnold was a great pick. Um, and I, ironically, Jimmy G is doing pretty nice for me as well. Okay. Um, but no, I feel pretty good. Um, it's really unfortunate though. So I start my new job and new schedule this week. So uh, uh, it breaks my heart a little bit. To say. <clears throat> Sorry, choking up a little bit. But uh, <laughs> my Sundays will be at work. No, no. <laughs> yep. So gotta gotta go through the grind a little bit to get where I need to be. But uh, I can tell you what, my uh, Fridays will be heavily invested in our devices just making sure that we that i'm staying up to date and i expect some alerts from you too uh if i do miss anything on those uh noon uh updates Eesh. yes we will do our best to continue to keep you informed luckily it is 2021 so you just hit that dvr you hit that record button you make whatever day you want sunday that's the great part about living in the world we live in now i have never had a better start to a fantasy football season than I've had right now. Now I feel like I was just now I feel like I was just like uh, hooking for compliments. Like, oh, God's open to talk about how great he is in fantasy this week. I You're see what happened here. Yeah, right. Fishing yeah. for him. I am nine and three in my combined Ooh. fantasy football leagues. 
And one of those leagues, I'm one and two, the Godzilla Media League. So I that was shows up. it up because I was like, I remember seeing you being like, yeah, okay. God one, one and two. And I feel like it's my biggest issue has been running backs. And maybe yeah. that's the situation for a lot of fantasy football managers this season is that if you've got one good running back, you might be in good shape. If you've got two good running backs, you might be in the top three or four in your overall league. Mm-hmm. If you've got no good running backs, I don't know how you're going to find them. And I didn't think that's where we're going to start here, but I'm kind of throwing the the ball's been set for us, so I'm just going to take it and run now. Guys, especially for New York, Buffalo, the Jets, the Giants, we're not doing the New Jersey thing, quiet New York fans, all right? Is that the situation that's breaking down here with any one of those three teams you want to, guys want to start with? Uh, Kyle, I'll start with you. The New York fantasy football outlook, it seems like running backs are derailing fantasy football teams early here in September. It's pretty wild. And I was talking, I said it to you guys in the chat. Um, you got the Jets, you got the Giants, and there's not one player on those teams that outpaces a Buffalo Bill. And yes, I'm even talking about running back. Oh, there is one. Kyle, you didn't do your research. Who'd I miss? Sterling Shepard is actually the highest scoring receiver. Over Get out. Th- I thought he got hurt last week. And he got hurt, didn't Even he? With getting hurt, he is still above Diggs, Sanders, and Beasley. What? Uh, Chet, I, I'm stunned. Kyle, I'm with you on that. I'm stunned even after an injury, Shepard is that high. I, I lost $1,000 today the, on that bet. After the group message, I looked it up and I was like, ha, ha, ha. Shepard was great week one and week two. Um, obviously, Wait, no, 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 no. Sterling yeah. Shepard is uh, our wide receiver twenty-four. Okay. Yeah, where I just saw it was twenty-two. No, what, well, what, what format are you in? What format are you in? Half point PPR. That's where I looked it up in mine as well. Emmanuel oh, Sanders, yeah. position rank 30, 23. Shepard. Ooh, interesting. Whoa, look at this. Is there a bump? Wait. Bonuses? Maybe a bonus situation there's going gotta, on? There's got to be bonuses. I'm on the Coliseum. We have no bonuses. See, that's different than the Dynasty one, though. How? With my, my, I don't know. I just looked it up myself. Hold on. Sterling Maybe Shepard, 24. I'm, hold on. By the way, uh, Sanders, Sanders and Shepard both wearing single digits this year. Maybe that's no, the difference here. So, dude, this must have just changed. Because I had Diggs right behind Shepard. Huh. Well, again, so even then, I am still shocked. Oh, my God, 0. 0.5 points. <laughs> this is my fantasy. I'm not the best. Like a PPR format then. I'm still shocked that Shepard is up there, like you said, even with getting hurt. I thought with him getting hurt, it would have been – it was a landslide yeah. with – Last week last week with two catches for 16 yards. Right. So, yeah. but again, it's insane to think that <laughs> – even at running back, you think who do you think running back when you talk about these New York teams? Daquan Barkley. Yeah. Somehow Zach Moss, without playing Week One, is above is above Barkley. Wow! Insane. And then we, then we talk about you know this whole Northeast portion of it. What quarterback up here is doing anything besides Josh Allen? Nothing. When you talk when you talk fantasy football. And I think we we also talked a little bit about it this year when when we were doing pre-draft stuff. There's nobody on the Jets that you want to touch outside of Corey Davis, and that relationship has looked rough recently outside of week one because um, Wilson has not been looking good throwing the ball. Then you go up out 
to um, the Giants. We were talking about Shepard a little bit, Kenny Galladay. Shepard has been okay. Barkley's been bad. Danny Dimes, the only reason he's been successful is because he has, in his first two games, four rushing touchdowns. But there's nothing there. And then let's go up to the Patriots. Nothing up there. And then you look at the two teams that are successful, as we kind of talked through Brady, Patriots, New York. Brady does well as he's a good quarterback. Josh Allen's a good quarterback. Everything thrives. So it's it's crazy to think that everything is kind of a mountain how we thought it would be, but those two those two teams and are just nightmare fuel. Do you feel the same way? Go ahead. Yeah, I have confirmed that PPR Shepherd's above Diggs. That's yeah. what I'm seeing. And then it's Beasley and Sanders, not too far below. So we have figured out why the uh, that's what happens when you have a bajillion leagues. A bajillion leagues. <laughs> <laughs> I clicked on Dynasty, but nope. Eh, right half point. It's it's still shocking that it's only a one spot difference in my opinion. Right. For sure. Chad, do you feel the same way? It's about these New York teams and maybe the Northeast teams in general with no value and just struggling maybe even for the rest of the season to find out who's going to be in your lineups. I also just saw, um, just scrolling on Twitter, the Giants have the hardest remaining schedule of the NFL. Yep. So it's not going to get better. Um, I think Barkley will get better. I think we're starting to see that he finally scored a touchdown. So I think this is what we expected. We knew – it was going to be a slow start because that's what the reports were, that they were going to limit him early on. They didn't want to overload him. It wasn't going to be the workload that we saw when he was a rookie. So that one, I'm so glad I didn't have to get in a situation where I, I could have drafted Barkley because that is a really tough decision. You're hoping he comes back, but you don't know what you're going to get. Um, the other guys, I mean, Kenny Galladay is now in the – he's also banged up, correct? Yeah. So his value is plummeting. Shepard leaves with an injury, so that – that whole thing is kaput. I'm, a, I'm actually okay on Danny Dimes, um, depending on your format. If it's a deep league or especially a two-quarterback league, um, I think he has fantasy value just because he showed he can rush. Like, he's got legs. Like, we've seen a couple of massive runs already this season, and they're going to be playing from behind. So um, you hope for some garbage time. Jets, don't even, don't even bring him into this discussion. It's so bad. There's no value in Zach Wilson. It's a dart throw on the receivers. Um, maybe the backfield can start sorting itself out. But, I mean, it's going to be the same thing where you're going to be down multiple touchdowns in the second half. Why are you going to run the football? So, yeah, it w I knew coming in that those were teams I wanted to avoid, and it's even worse than I thought. You know what? You bring up Zach Wilson there, and I think it even goes to a bigger point. Both of you guys nailed this so well that I think it's just – Better we bring up the overall topic of rookie quarterbacks in general. Yeah. Dynasty leagues, keeper leagues, double QB leagues. It is horrendous. You, you could think about this. Trey Lance could be the best quarterback of the draft class and he hasn't played. Or Trey Lance could be the worst of the draft class because he's not on the field. It is a mess. Uh, Chad, I'll start with you on this one. Is it way, way too early to start freaking out about what you're going to do if you have a thought of keeping some of these quarterbacks in these deeper long-term leagues? No, I wouldn't panic just yet. I mean, if you're relying on them in your lineups now, better look next year because it's, it's not going to fix itself in the next couple of weeks. Um, the growing pains are there for sure. But we've seen, I mean, go look at Peyton Manning's rookie year. Like rookies struggle. There's a reason why usually you don't want to run out a rookie because it's overwhelming. It's yeah. College football and NFL, very similar rules. It's a different game. Like you're playing against grown ass men 
that and, and your receivers, it's always a great point when people bring up, you know, we've noticed recently the Alabama receivers haven't really tore it up. And someone mentioned it on last night's broadcast because they're, they're always running wide open. When you have four first-round wide receivers, a defense doesn't know what to do at the college ranks. Here, you're getting locked down. Like your, your, your windows of completing passes are so much smaller. So it's a lot to get used to. Um, but, yeah, it's been really bad. And I actually owe an apology to everyone who listens to this podcast because I have never – I don't think I've ever been more wrong than I was about Justin Fields. And I owe you guys like a keg. <laughs> that's, how, that's how bad that penalty is because holy mackerel is that bad hang, hang out about fields though i know you want to give up on them fast i'm, I'm not, not i'm not giving up i okay. just i, I, was, I, just I was way too early on believing in him being ready for fantasy or real football there's two things on the fields thing one you could blame matt nagy a lot for not preparing for miles garrett like it's not like miles garrett's some rookie it's a, he could be arguably if he didn't use his helmet as a weapon more people would perceive him to be the best defensive player in the NFL. Aaron Donald, obviously, in that mix, too. But Nagy's not prepared. And also, Justin Fields is a little to blame. Remember in the preseason, we had the comment of, you know, the NFL is really not that much faster than I thought. It's actually yeah. kind of slower. That changed when you're not going against third stringers all of a sudden. Right. A hundred percent. How do you feel? I'm yeah. so sick of Nagy. Uh, can we, like, at what point? When have you ever watched a Bears game and been like, wow, what a, what a drive that was? <laughs> to that point, like, what That's are we, what why. are we waiting for? Especially, you're supposed to be an offensive guru. So, so Ooh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw something out there, and with the from the Justin Fields side, if you have Justin Fields, be happy. You wanna know why? There is no fucking way in hell Nagy makes it past this year. They are going to get a new coach, and if you're thinking about it, who was the one coach in the NFL that everyone's like, oh, he's gonna get the head coaching job? And he has done really well with a quarterback that sucked two years ago, Brian Dable. Mm. I would not be surprised at all if we go mid-year, Nagy's gone. They let Justin Fields sit to the side. Brian Dable comes in, maybe another year. But I, if get rid of Nagy. If Nagy's gone, Justin Fields will have value. And you saw it when the Bills put in Trubisky. That's what happens when – you have a quarterback that's actually in a system that works for him, not right. just this offensive guru. And he's – no, Nagy fucking sucks. He's terrible. The yeah. Bears need to get him out, and he is ruining that team. Khalil Mack is getting yeah. – that defense is getting ruined. Roquan Smith is a stud, and he's not doing anything. And then there's nothing on that offense. Allen Robinson's getting wasted. Um, the running back, why am I – Montgomery is getting wasted. Like – there are so many pieces on that offense, and Nagy's ruining it. So I wouldn't stress out if you have keepers in that on that team, especially as they get a new coach next year. Because if I had money on it, I'd probably put Nagy as the first head coach fired this year. Ooh, and, and you know what? I'm with that too. And think about this—the future of these rookie quarterbacks. Possibly, Nagy goes. Urban Meyer struggling in Jackson, and I feel like it's more about people are forgetting about the legacy that he left in college. He's an all-time great college football coach, like all-time top eight, top six. He's that good. But people know his past where it's already seeming like he wants to go to USC. So Herb could be gone. Uh, Nagy could be gone. If you told me over under Mac Jones's career and Bill Belichick, obviously I'm taking the under. I don't think Bill Belichick's going to watch his entire career with Mac Jones as a Patriot. So three of those four quarterbacks are likely not going to go four years, a full contract with their head coaches who were drafting them in their rookie season, which is a remarkable stat to think about. 
Uh, I want to keep moving here because we had a good pace going right now. I've got not one, but two questions this week, both from the same person. Shout out to our guy, Josh, who wanted two questions. I'm like, you want two, Josh? I'll toss it up to Chet and Kyle. Thanks to our friends over at Johnstone Supply in Troy. The fall weather is officially here. And are you heating your home properly? Is your furnace ready to go? Are all of a sudden you looking around thinking, hey, have I changed one of my air filters like ever? Okay, if that's the case, Johnstone Supply in Troy is the place to call now on our Facebook page and on Johnstone Supply Troy NY, where you can follow them on Facebook. They've already told us October, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, pink, the pink game, Godzilla Media's first bus trip. Now, Kyle's working. Shed is working. If you guys want to hop on the bus and get October 23rd off, you're more than welcome to. And by the way, we'll have more information, you listening right now, how you can be a part of that bus trip. Thanks to Johnstone Supply in Troy. Make sure your house, your home, wherever you live, is heated properly for the fall. All right, let's get to Josh's question. He's got two. Let's start with question one. Guys, I got Logan Thomas, but I also have George Kittle, and I also have Kyle Pitts. What do I do? He wants to trade Logan Thomas. Do you guys feel like he's got to deal one of those tight ends? And is it Logan Thomas? We don't have any background on the type of format. Uh, I asked him, I said, are you struggling with wide receivers or running backs? He says, my running backs are James Conner and Chris Carson. I'm struggling with a wide receiver. I I think you try. I yeah, I would go toward Thomas. Yeah. I would go toward Thomas or actually Kittle. Yeah. I, I'm going to feel – I'm going to hope that um, Kyle Pitts' better days are ahead. It's not like the the best start we could have hoped for out of him after all the reports that he's like this absolute freak specimen that's going to take the NFL by storm. I think a lot of that blame goes on Matt Ryan. Hopefully they can figure out how to move the ball a little bit better. I think we talked about in the preseason or maybe week one, like Matt Ryan has always been able to sustain fantasy players – He's taken a step back in that regard, and they're still losing football games, so hopefully he can figure out how to get that garbage time magic back that we love so much. Um, but you have a pretty consistent scoring output from Thomas and Kittle. Obviously, we like Kittle more than Thomas, even though Thomas, I'm pretty sure, is probably scoring more right now. But Kittle just had a slow start. Like, that happens. It's only three games. Uh, I think we saw a much better game from Kittle in week three. So um, with him coming off of a good game, I would see what I could try to get out of Kittle. That could be an easy example of, you know, you shoot high with Kittle. Like if you target somebody who's desperate for a tight end, maybe lead off with a Kittle and try to get a bigger return at wide receiver and then be like, all right, I'll compromise. I'll go lower and give you Logan Thomas, and then you give me this guy. And then that way you have a compromise. So that's probably my advice is I would try to shoot high with Kittle. If it doesn't work, go Thomas. Yeah, I 100% agree. I, th I think shoot high with shoot high with Kittle. Go after like someone who might be under the under the radar, like a Sutton, especially in the current situation. Maybe even look at um, go to um, Vegas and go after Rugs. You know, if you if you can't settle for Sutton, maybe go, try to go Pitts or Thomas for Rugs. Somebody who's going to get consistent targets. Who's had a couple of good games in a row, um, or get lucky. Maybe you can somehow swing Kittle for. Godwin and play the card that 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 wide receiving core is so crowded that it's not a consistent thing. I don't know, but I like oh, the idea of trying to shoot high Kittle, lower the bar with Logan. It's so funny you brought up Rugs because I wrote down here Renfro. So we both have the same idea of a wide receiver for the Raiders to flip for. My thought 
is you would still deal Logan Thomas. I think Chet just said this. The possibility of what Kyle Pitts could be is just too early to give up on it. Yep. If you told me who do I think will score more in my lineup for the rest of the season, Kittle or Thomas, I believe Kittle will score more, so I don't want him off my team. And with Thomas on my bench, he's not going to score anything. So if you can flip it for like you mentioned Ruggs, Renfro, Antonio Brown, T. Higgins, you kind of get the idea of the wide receivers I'm going at here, like 30, 35, somewhere around there. And you play him in your slot and hope you get like a 15-point game out of him. And you've got one of those two tight ends. That's a pretty solid lineup if you flip it yep. like that. That's not so bad. His other question is about future draft picks, which us three love. We love talking about trading 22-2s and 2023s. He goes, would you trade two future third-round picks for a second-round pick? For one? For one. No. Not a I put it. Yeah, I put in big bold. No. no, 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 no. Third round, third round's too valuable. Still, you would need to do like a third and a five or six. Especially, I, especially you don't even know where you're, you're like where you're drafting at yet. Like your third round, depending on like let's say you're in a, I'm supposed to say for this a ten team league. I mean, your third round pick could be pick number twenty one. Like, it's way too much value. You can still get a ton of great talent there. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily do it. Because then also on the flip side. You could be trading for the the last second round pick. It's it's essentially a third round pick. Like you could be getting very little by giving up an entire pick. Why I like this question is because I think we get it more common than we realize because people view their fantasy football drafts like the NFL draft. Like if you said I'm going to give you two thirds for a high second, you'd be like, I mean, how high is the second? Is that a first round talent that got to the second round? Is he going to be a starter? That's where this gets a little bit different. Now, it's interesting. I brought this up. I totally agree with both of you. Way too many points are given up to do that trade. However, what we just mentioned off the top of this podcast is that there is, especially in 2021, this massive drop-off. Like, I bet if we go back and look at, like, the eighth, ninth, tenth round, there are guys who stink right now. Like, putting up donuts are terrible. So if you tell me, like, next year's draft, you're going to say, hey, I'm trading a ninth and a tenth for a sixth. You'd be like, uh, okay, like I'm getting two players and you're getting one, and I don't know who my sixth rounder is going to be. Yeah, but guess what? You might have just drafted two starters, and that guy who gave you the ninth or tenth might already be in the waiver wire. Yep. So that's something really to be aware of, especially what we're seeing here in September is that like 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, as much as we love to talk about sleepers and guys could break out, they could actually be asleep. Like they have not woken up the entire season. So something to be aware of, lower round picks, the real value of those seems to be shrinking soon and fast in fantasy football. It seems like the new trend out there. I actually have a question that came into the mailbag from Tim Bob down in uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. Tim Bob um, wanted to ask the question, if we, had to, if we could redraft today, are you sticking with your top pick that it was at the beginning of the year? And I know we're not – I, I phrased it that way. He said, who's your top pick? But I, I rephrased it because I know we actually weren't all in agreement. Gaz and I were CMC. If I'm not mistaken, Kyle was Dalvin. Yep. I'm not changing, even after the injury. I'm, uh, I'm sticking with CMC because if I was in a situation to draft CMC, I would already have Chubba Hubbard on my team. So I'm already covered with this hamstring injury. And in weeks one and two, it was the CMC we were expecting the guy that gets a ton of targets, racks up yards, doesn't even need touchdowns to be a top five fantasy back every week. 
that's so rare in today's game. So I'm still going CMC. I wish Tim Bob would have asked me this question, like, or asked this question two weeks ago, or excuse me, two weeks from now, so I can figure out if Derrick Henry's still a monster no. and how much McCaffrey's played at all. Uh, now the answer is yes. I agree with you, Chet, that if I had to redo it, I also would take McCaffrey at one. Now, if you ask me that same question, Tim Bob, in mid-October, and McCaffrey's in a hoodie and sweatpants, and Derrick <laughs> Henry's putting up 300 yards combined in five touchdowns and screaming, God, I was an idiot. No, the answer is Henry. So for now, yes. Two weeks from now, we'll see what the big man down in Tennessee does. And now Kyle's pick also missed the game last week. Uh, another scenario where Tyler Madison or Alexander Madison, uh, a handcuff that everyone should have picked up. Uh, are you staying put with Dalvin? Um, I think I still stay put with Dalvin. And the only reason I say that is because I don't know how much we said you need to get Alexander Madison. As yep. The yep. And I we saw that, how great he was last yep. week. Getting and, something. and if I'm not mistaken, they are still, I, I feel that this injury was more of a be safe injury. Yeah. Um, yeah. More. I mean, yeah, it was a last-second decision, or yeah. at least the reporting so, of it. So we, we're pretty sure it's not long-term. Um, I do feel good about that. Um, so I think I would still stay with Cook pretty, uh, pretty confidently. How thankful were you guys that we got a solid out from Dalvin Cook? Like, that is the best case. If you're a manager on one of those players, just rule him out. Don't make me try to guess what percentage Dalvin Cook's going to play because that's just the absolute worst in fantasy. One hour before kickoff, 70,000 teams on Yahoo had picked up Alexander Madison. 70,000. There are 70,000 bad managers because you should have had Alexander Madison. Unless you're in like a six-team league, you should have him as your handcuff. Also, by the way, he's really good. He like, is. Couldn't he start for the Jets or the Bills or something? He's really good. 100%. 100%. One of the best backups in the NFL. Because he is like a pure backup. Like he comes in and gets a few carries, but like he's a backup. Like it's the Dalvin Cook show. I'm not sure what the exact percentage is when both are healthy. But when he gets in, you're like, that. it looks like Dalvin Cook. Like they didn't lose a beat in that game with Alexander Madison. Um, our boy Tim Bob actually had a two-parter to this. The second half of it was, I thought this really interesting. Um, his second part of his question was, who's the one player who would go up, make the biggest gain in your draft board? At that, that sense? I'll, I'll answer this immediately. And I don't understand why we had him so low. Why did we not love Cooper Cup with all the love? Ooh, ding, ding, I ding. I thought say someone else. Nope. Cooper Cup's the answer. Yep. Nope. I disagree. Kyle, give you a reason why, because I think yeah, it's the I'll same as mine. That was a good one. I mean, I, I had Cooper Cup as like, I guess technically my third tier receiver, which yeah. now obviously he's wide receiver one. I I had Cooper at late third, early fourth in all yeah. my like like that's where I would want him. Why the the main reason we I was in love with Matt Stafford. I was in love with that offense. I loved Cooper Cup and I liked Robert Woods. Um I, they have Higby, they ha they have all the pieces. I don't, and we know what that defense can do. We know that they're going to throw the ball because there were questions at running back with Acres going. Like, there were so many signs saying go after Rams wide receivers. I cannot believe that I did not bring him up to a second rounder. But I, that uh, you bring up a great point there, though, is we we thought that they were going to be a very explosive passing team, but Robert Woods has not benefited. Like, the only Robert Woods isn't getting anything. So it's like I think I was in the in the boat of. 
ah, it's a flip of the coin. They're the same guy. C Cup and Woods, they're going to probably balance out. And right now it's just the complete Cooper Cup show. I did not see that coming at all. Like when people that drafted Robert Woods, probably in a similar draft spot, are thinking about benching Robert Woods because he's not even getting targets. Like he's not getting looked no, at. He, I mean, he has he has uh, 19 targets, if I'm not mistaken, over the last three games. He's getting targets. He's just not getting – only he's gotten the end zone the first game. Last week he had nine targets. He had a good game. A, and when you watch the game, it's like – it just seems like Stafford's always looking for Cooper. For Cup. Right. Yeah. And that's what has you concerned as a Robert Woods fan. Sure. Uh, so the person that I'm going to say – is actually wide receiver two, Mike Williams. I'm I can't even tell you how many drafts where I let Mike Williams go past the tenth round. His ADP was 117 wide receiver 45. He is currently wide receiver two at 22.2 points per game and half point PPR. And I don't know. And the reason I have regret on him, I mean. Injury concerns, like I feel like he's always getting a back spasm or a weird injury lands awkwardly. But we were all high on Herbert. He's a clear-cut number two, and he's a deep threat with a quarterback who throws a really good – like there were all signs to indicate – like I, you didn't have to reach that far. Like I could have – you could have got Mike Williams in your sixth, seventh, eighth round. It would have been a reach, and he's currently uh, – and at this point I don't see it barring injury – I don't see him dropping off out of the top 10 for wide receivers this year. Two things to add there. One, I did not miss your Tyler Madison reference there instead of Alexander Madison. Shout out to the Ford and prospect who got drafted oh, by the Tigers, man. What a nice kid. We both interviewed him. I've interviewed him. And it was, he drove, drove from Ford and all the way to Schenectady. So shout out to Tyler Madison. Hopefully he does yeah. well for the Tigers. Uh, second part there, the ceiling, I think, for Kyle's pick and my pick, Cup compared to Mike Williams. Don't you think Cup could actually finish the season one? Like, I don't know if Williams can finish even in the top ten. If you I, guys, I, I do, I do think he will. Ooh, that's a beer bet. That is Ooh. mark that down. That's a hundred. I'll do a show without my shirt on if Mike Williams finishes in the top ten. That we'll do the in first public? shirt bet in on public? this podcast right now. Are we doing it at Hooters? No, no, no. I mean, okay. the sponsor wants to sponsor that episode where I do it shirtless. We're more than happy to. That's how confident I am that Mike Williams will not finish in the top ten. Done. I the reason you're so confident is that because you you know slash believe he'll get injured. I just feel like Metcalf's got to catch him, we, right? Godwin's got to catch him. Jefferson's got to catch him. Can we put that as a um, like a disclaimer? If he gets injured and misses like half the season, I don't I don't think so because that was the biggest concern with Williams. We all said it: injuries. Yeah. We said at some point the dude's going to get injured. Yeah. Okay. 17-week regular season, so not counting the postseason games. Half-point PPR. Half-point PPR. Mike Williams will not finish in the top ten, and if he does, not only will I buy you a beer, I will do an entire episode of this podcast with my shirt off. Done. Wow. <laughs> I'm, writing, I'm writing it down. Perfect. All right. Before we get to some waiver wire moves, there's no better way to set up this wonderful podcast and maybe a shirtless episode who knows maybe we'll do it at mohawk honda right there in glenville take advantage of the kelly blue book offer going on right now at mohawk honda where you can walk in and maybe walk out with cash in your hand maybe you ride off the lot with a new pre-owned vehicle maybe you'll be driving around the pilot whether it's here in upstate new york the capital region wherever it may be it is worth the trip to glenville new york to visit our friends over at mohawk honda say what's up to my guy greg johnson 
Maybe my guy Nate's running around taking photos. Could be John in service. If you've already worked with Mohawk Honda before, make sure you say hello and you've heard about it on the We Talk Fantasy podcast. Whoever it may be at Mohawk Honda, the VIP man, hot sauce, all those guys doing great things. Take advantage of these fall deals going on right now at Mohawk Honda where they always go out of their way to please you. All right, it is week four. Some of you at this time when you're listening, you're kind of dancing around the waiver wire trying to find the right addition to your team. Kyle, I'm going to lead with you. Chet, you can always hop in whenever you want if you've got one player that you want, but Kyle's usually been the man on this. Waiver wire, how's it feel? What's it look like? Anybody worth grabbing this week? Um, just because of injuries, um, I, I'm in a spot where I think you can use your number one priority, maybe number two on him. Um, but looking at the Denver situation, I think Tim Patrick is a solid grab. Um, if you're in need of a wide receiver, I mean, Judy and Judy, I don't have it in front of me. I'm guessing, is he out for the year? Uh, I saw KJ Hamler's out for the season with the ACL. Yep. Judy's definitely going to miss some weeks. I don't know how long Judy's out. So if he's out for the year, I definitely think Patrick is a grab. Um, if he's not, he, it's going to be tight, but I mean, the guy's gotten, uh, for a uh, 13 targets over the last three games has a touchdown in two of the three over 10 points with Hamler going down. I think he'll be a solid grab. Teddy Bridgewater, like they, they've been throwing the ball cause they don't have a very good run game. Um, even with the two headed monster of Javante in, um, and, uh, Gordon. So Tim Patrick, I think is a solid grab would be worth adding, uh, for wide receiver depth. You ain't going to find a running back. So good luck. I'm going to pass on all running backs this week. Um, yeah, including, then, including Chubba Hubbard, uh, he's gone in all my leagues. I didn't even consider him. Hmm. Uh, so I, I, I really, I was really just co- kind of comparing the three leagues that I'm in. Chubba's gone in all of them. Um, I think, yeah. I think a lot of people handcuffed him. But if he is available, you are right, Chet. Grab Chubba Hubbard. Um, McCaffrey, I think they said it's going to be out four weeks. So for um, for a brief discussion, how do you guys feel about Chubba Hubbard? Like awesome name. Um, you like yeah, that stepping in for RB one, but yeah. like. I, I didn't. I didn't realize that um, Freeman's there, the former Broncos running back, Royce Freeman. I, I still like it. I, I, he had his moments last week. I, I don't think he's gonna be McCaffrey. I don't think no. he's gonna be Mike Davis of last I, year. I was gonna say, do you think he's gonna be Mike Davis? And nah. I, I say no. No, I agree. He's worth a pickup for sure. I just, if, especially in for your expectations. Yeah, he he was so good in college, and he's not good at the pros right now. Like no. you know, Hubbard is not good. Like he's got to. He, I hope he breaks out. Maybe it's another evidence of the Big Twelve defenses being Swiss cheese. Right. <laughs> Probably exactly. Right. Um, from a quarterback side, um, Kirk Cousins. You got to give Kirk Cousins some love. Absolutely. He has been balling out. Um, when you look at what Cousins has done over the last couple weeks, not only just from a fantasy side, but from a literally game managing side. He's been fantastic. Zero interceptions, eight touchdowns, 22 points week one, then followed by back-to-back 25s. Um, have, has 900 total yards. I mean, Kirk Cousins is balling out. When you look at his next couple of games, he does have a tough week this week going against Cleveland. And after the, the feast that Miles Garrett has, you know he's going to be looking. But then you got Detroit. you got Carolina who might – who, you know – I'm still not 100% sold on their defense, especially at the corner spot. Um, but they did just pick up CJ from Jacksonville. So maybe that helps some of that with um, JC Horn going down. Then you got Dallas. 
Baltimore, Chargers, Green Bay. See, like they have an easy schedule from a passing side. So I don't. I love Kirk Cousins going down the stretch. Um, and obviously with Dalvin Cook out, they're going to need to air it out. And then Thielen and Jefferson. I mean, they catch everything. Um, last but not least, from a tight end spot, um, tight end has either been really good for you or awful. Um, I am not going to say the stat that I had earlier because it was wrong. I don't know where this dude got it. He, he was a verified Twitter guy, too. And I was like, where did you get this stat from? Um, but I didn't love him. And I still don't love him as a fan of his. But Dawson Knox has been sneaky still this year um he has 12 targets 10 receptions two touchdowns 10 10 yards per game uh or 10 yards per reception excuse me um he has become josh allen's like number one target in the red zone like every time he gets down there he's getting a target his hands are a question um but he's he's catching the ball at least um six eight and 13 points over the last three games showing in the right direction you know they have the Fourth easiest schedule coming up. Um, they're going to be airing out. Definitely would would like to see Dawson Knox get a look. And then uh, if he's still there for you, Emmanuel Sanders. You saw what he did last week. Josh Allen's giving him targets. They're going to keep throwing. So not. I still think it's a rough waiver week. There weren't a whole lot of injuries besides the Denver situation and the CMC situation. But if you're in a league where you're struggling for a tight end or you need some flex and wide receiver two options, I think those guys are going to be some solid pickups for you that I'd be I'd be willing to take a waiver stab at. The second time we both agreed on Cooper T- Cup, I actually have a waiver claim in a league for Dawson Knox, and I was thrilled about. It. I'm like, this is a potential playoff move because the tight ends position we talked about it can be so awful. The guys can just bomb. When you can get Dawson Knox, who he could be a top five tight end this season with the way Josh Allen's playing. Why not? He can sneak into the top five and be that good. I was only going to add one other person, and that's Kendrick Bourne. Because New England's a mess. And like I had Nelson Aguilar on my team. He had a good week, but it's gonna be so brutal. And I can't wait till they get pounded on Sunday night. Do you hear me? I'm gonna say it in every single camera this week on Guys in the Media. New England is gonna get crushed. They're gonna lose by three touchdowns. Tom Brady is gonna be yelling like a parent at a little league game because his kid's not playing. He's gonna scream at that 62 and 74 record Belichick without him. Have you Big been to Bucks? Have you been to Rivers yet? Uh, I went, I I went yesterday. Like five and a half? Yeah, it was seven and a half when it opened. It's seven. I was going to move it as far right as I could. I don't know if I'm going to get in there before Sunday, but they're going to pound New England. You hear that? I, I might put my house on it. Guys, let me know. I'll Venmo you money. I would be willing to go up to, to probably 17 and a half on that. That's what I'm talking about. All right. You and I will be splitting that bet. I like it. I, I, I know we have, to, we have to like wrap this up. Real quick thing that I'm struggling with. When you're in like a standard fantasy football league where your waiver, um, what do you even call that? Where you use it and you go to the back? Is there a name for that? I don't know. Just a waiver yeah, flip, the waiver order? Priority. Yeah. Priority. Priority, there it is. That's it. Yeah. I prefer to start the season at the bottom. And here's why. You can, like, you're never going to climb to the top. Like there's only so many times, like we've had it about once a week where it was Elijah, Elijah Mitchell. He's the hot guy to take. Uh, Chubba Hubbard, if he's available, he's going to be the top guy. He's going to get Chubba Hubbard. So you're slowly like going to work your way up. Whereas if you're already at the bottom, I'm going to put a waiver claim on the best available defense. I'm going to put a waiver claim on this wide Because guess what? You stay there the whole time. And then if you're the last person to wake up in your league and like you, you hold on to your top spot or your top three waiver pick, and then you're left to pick up 
the defenses that no one wanted, <laughs> that can cost you in your league if you get a negative defensive output. But don't if you pick up somebody after the first, second, and third, don't you go right back to the bottom? That's what I'm saying. So I'm willing, if I'm the 10th guy in the waiver, I'll stay there all year and I'll get my first pick because no one else is doing that. Gotcha. Okay. And I'm just giving up on ever getting to the top spot. Gotcha. Let's say you let's say you climb up and you get to number three, you're still never going to get the the big name in your in the fantasy league, and that only happens a couple times. That's fair. And so, like right now, I'm stuck with the number one priority in a league. I'm not going to use it on a defense, but I'm also not going to wake my ass up at 5 a.m. to pick up a defense. <laughs> and so it's like you're just I, I could I could hold that spot for the next ten weeks and never have a guy worth picking up with the number one spot do you guys agree with that i never yeah. thought of it like that it makes a ton of sense right it's just like there's way less pressure it's like let me put in six claims this week i don't care i'm already the the last priority i'll stay there all year i'll be happy the only reason i disagree with it is because for everything that you just said nobody's gonna pick up that defense but so. they do wake up before me i work late kyle i work that's till fair. midnight <laughs> I, that's where i disagree i was i give it up at 4 a.m <laughs> oh see but you work early it works <laughs> Okay, moving on. All right, guys. Uh, unfortunately, I'm off to Rochester in the morning. So is, is the far drive from the Capital Region to Rochester. So the shortest version of We Talk Fantasy, maybe history of this fall and soon to be winter, will make it easy. One start, yeah. one sit, one apiece. I'm going to go first because I'm excited <laughs> about these two. So I'm jumping the line like I usually do. I love Joe Burrow this week. Oh, me too. Joe Burrow. Burrow. I love it. Yeah, 13th on Yahoo right now for rankings. The difference between 13 and 18 is about one and a half points. The difference between the top sevens, two and a half. Burrow's going to light up Jacksonville on a Thursday night. I think it's time we start talking about how great of a pick that was for Jamar Chase, even though he allegedly couldn't catch in the preseason. The Bengals might have a really good coaching staff, too, because they went out and beat Pittsburgh. They were hanging around in week one. The Bengals have it, and I love ripping apart Urban Meyer every chance I get now. I think Burrow lights up Jacksonville on a primetime stage on Thursday, and Friday is all about Herb quitting. And my bench is Allen Robinson. Chet, you said this earlier about Chicago and Matt Nagy and Kyle did too. The Bears have some issues. Like I don't think Matt Nagy, after getting his butt kicked against Cleveland, can all of a sudden swing it around and face the animal, Danimal, Danimal Campbell, and Justin Fields can find Allen Robinson. That's an issue in Chicago. So if you've got Robinson playing in your wide receiver spot or a flex to the bench he goes this week against those hungry Lions. We've actually been really impressive. I, I, I actually like what I see from Detroit. Um, never thought I'd say that. I actually only have one. Actually, well, te technically two because you asked me to do a, um, a block somebody. Uh, I was only going to pick one no matter what because after my Justin Fields pick last year, last year, last week, <laughs> I decided I'm just going to like – I'm going to earn the trust of our listeners back. <laughs> My one lock is uh, OBJ. I'm in. I liked what I saw from Beckham. Um, first game back from the injuries, five receptions on nine targets for 77 yards. Um, they have to throw to somebody. You know, without uh, Landry being healthy, OBJ's the guy. Nice matchup against Minnesota. Kyle mentioned how great Kirk Cousins has been playing. So if they're going to have to keep up with Minnesota – I think OBJ, I'm going to lock it right now, scores his first touchdown of the season. And my, block, okay. my block, Justin Fields. <laughs> For the rest of the don't, season. Don't play him. Don't play him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Add another bear into your blocks here, Kyle, as we go three for three. Just put Dave Montgomery in there. We'll just make it a trifecta of bears. No, my block Matt is Maggie. actually 
Maya Block is actually Deonta Johnson. Um, I despised what I saw from Ben Roethlisberger last week. And I know that Deontay's been out, but Claypool got 15 targets last week. Uh, I think he caught 9 or 10 for 90 yards, no touchdown. Ben just looked terrible. That whole offense looks bad. The Steelers are going down quickly, and I'm very mad that we lost them week one. So um, definitely blocking Deontay Johnson if he comes back from the injury. And my star, Zach Moss. He's available on waiver wires. He's a great flex play. He's getting on the field well over 60% of the plays. He's become the go-to running back. Josh Allen has not run the ball in the end zone. I don't know if you guys saw it last week, but they were within the, they were at the seven yard line and he flipped the pass to Zach Moss instead of running it in. So I'm, I'm starting to see a little bit of shift here. Obviously at the one run. So we know that happened, but Zach Moss is getting a lot of carries. Zach Moss is being in passing situations. He's getting in the end zone. He's wide. He, he didn't play one week and he's RB 22. Set him in, set him in your flex and enjoy, especially going against Houston. Like a 45-minute blur organ offense, man. We flew through this podcast, and some might say it's their favorite. Some people listen to podcasts on like 1.2 with the speed. Don't even do it this week. It's too fast. For Chet Davis, for Kyle Ray, God's with you. Enjoy week four of this fantasy football action and prepare yourself to watch the Buccaneers pound the Patriots and prepare for maybe, who knows, in a few months, me to do a show shirtless. 17 and a half. Goodbye.